The postseason is here, and the Ringer NBA show has you covered with Real Ones, Group Chat, The Answer, and Ringer NBA postgame. Check out the Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Should I say, and my guests? It's not your show today, right? Jesus Christ, I forgot I'm doing stadio. Listen, we're in house, we're in house stadio. Ryan and Moose's house. You're north of the wall now. You're north of the wall. North of the wall. Dude, and our watch is almost ended for the summer. Exactly. Hello and welcome back to the Studio Podcast, Ring FC. I'm Misa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. And I'm Ian Wright. There he is. There he is. Can I just say, it's just a pleasure and honor to be on Studio. Listen, man, you're always cool. welcome at House Studio. It feels always so welcome. weird. Like, you know, when you always go around someone's house for a brew and then they finally come around yours and you're like, oh shit, we've got, we haven't got anything. I haven't got any biscuits. <laughs> I need to get some biscuits in. Can I say this actually? Because this is a, obviously, this is a, this is an away fixture for you, Ian, but now you're for scrapped away goal. So unfortunately your takes, <laughs> your takes do not count double. There's no away takes. There's no away takes. This is I love that. that. <laughs> yeah. uh, how are you both? Um, how are you, Moose? Uh, I'm good, actually. Um, Just protecting my energy. Yeah. Protecting my energy. How about yourself? I feel, I feel, I feel the same. Obviously, um, obviously I'm just devastated with the game. Hmm. Dev- just... I don't know. I just got too close to it. I felt like I was flying too close to the sun. Oh, no. <laughs> I just really did. Yeah, yeah. You know what always comes first on Stadio? What? The, the, admin, the admin. The admin. admin. I, kid, I should have known. This is the final Ringer FC podcast of the summer. But yeah, we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. We'll, we'll do a little wrap up at the end of the show. But um, just quickly, go to if you want to go to the ringer.com forward slash soccer, there's been some pieces gone up. Musa did a piece on Messi before the Copa America final. I did a piece on Pedri last week. Going to do another piece this week. Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify if you mm-hmm. want to check everything, all the music stuff. Search for Stadio Outros on Spotify and you'll find them all there in a playlist. And yeah, if you listen to a podcast app, 
that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It'd be very kind. And I think that's everything. So today we've got right in the house. We're going to talk about the Euro final, obviously. Mm. And then we're going to talk about the Copa America final yeah. in part two. And then we'll do a little wrap up at the end. So let's get into it after this. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, guys. Italy won, England won. Yeah. Italy winning 3-2 on penalties after extra time. Uh, where to begin? What a start. Shall we start at the start? Let's just start you say start. where to begin, but we have to start at that start because I remember we, we, was, we, was in the, um, we was in the studio getting ready and Gary Neville was just like, he was just obsessed with the, we, we can't, we can't see the first 30 minutes or it's over. This could be, this could be a demolition. We can't, it's, we cannot concede in the first, 30 minutes, otherwise it's going to be a nightmare. And, you know, by the time, so the, the game starts and then you kind of get yourself ready, you get yourself to the front of the podium, blah, blah, blah. but if, by the time we get there, Luke Shaw scores this goal, like, and it's the way it was constructed, the way Harry Kane came off, mm. Trippier, you know, wasn't picked up by Emerson over that side and it was just so easy. Yeah, because they did the same move like a few minutes later, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. But it didn't, there was like, I think Shaw hadn't managed to get up on the back post, but they, they tried literally the same move. Kane dropped off, mm. played that ball out wide to Trippier, Trippier crossed it. And it was and a then, great, it was a great fit, a really controlled finish. Because one, people don't realise with a finish that's coming across like that, and he's, he's let it go across his right foot, onto his left foot, on the half volley. And yes, he's close enough, but the ball's come quite a long way you've got a long time to think about that and you have to control that strike and what he done was which is what you should always do is just control it technically and hit the target because what happened what we saw was it's not like he knew exactly where the direction of that ball was going to go because he just went in off the post but like that from that distance there's no way unless he hits it straight at Donnarumma's body he's going to save that it's too big to get down for a start and he knows he's beaten so it was it was a magnificent start. And you know what? You instantly think, have we scored too early? Are we gonna be able to are we gonna be able to 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 keep this pressure on? Because they looked yeah. like they were all over the place for a bit, Italy. They were all over the place. I said in my in my analysis, we've got to really drive at Italy, drive at them, let them be like taken aback. You said that but you said that last week, didn't yeah. you, before the game yeah. where you were like their biggest strength is also their biggest weakness. Yeah. And I think that England didn't really didn't, do that no, enough no. after the goal. No. I thought the first twenty minutes in particular, we were very good. I thought that just because see like the, the two things about the goal that I really loved. Um the first thing is obviously Hurricane's pass, mm. the swerve yeah. and the pace and that was like a Paul Pogba pass, wasn't it? Into the it final third. Yeah. Yeah. I thought our passing into the final third in the first twenty minutes was was actually superb. I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, and then also the fact was like, 
when Kane hits the pass, Luke Shaw is like basically square with him mm-hmm. and just keeps that run wow. going. Like so yeah. enterprising. Yeah. So, you know, from a back five, I was really impressed by how quickly the, you know, the wingbacks got up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I think there was, there's a couple of moments. There were, um, there was a, a couple of great square balls into the box. One of them in particular was Mount into Sterling and yeah. Sterling's going onto it, but I think Chiellini cuts it out. Yeah. All in the first 20 minutes, three opportunities. But I think after that, we really did not take advantage of the great spaces that Harry Kane was taking up. Harry Kane's hold-up yeah. play in the first half, I thought was, was brilliant. Fantastic. fantastic. But we didn't use the runners enough. We didn't go at the centre-backs. We went wide, but we didn't attack the central spaces. And I think we kind of let them off the hook in that sense. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. No, massively Absolutely let them off the hook. Yeah. Because what, who, sent the, who put that tweet out? What was a tweet where they said, if, if you give up control of the game to a team like this, you won't get it back. But this is the thing that wow. Southgate's yeah. been so yeah. fearful of the whole tournament yeah. is losing control. Yeah. And um, I think the thing with Italy is that it's the first time really that they've come up against a side in the tournament, which is going to happen mm. at some stage where if you're not careful, mm. they do have the players that will cause really a little bit of chaos mm. that you can't control. You know what I love about that as well, right, guys, is to watch a team because for a bit they were all over the place. Insignia couldn't get into the game because where Trippier kind of like uh, positioned himself, Emerson couldn't, he couldn't come up. So yeah. he couldn't get involved with him. And so we kind of like negated that the insignia kind of c- c- coming in from the left, going inside mm. for Emerson to come around the left. And I thought, God, this is working really well. Yeah. I kind of jokingly turned to a mate when, when Shaw scored mm. and was just like, did the whole, for me, Clive, if anything, they've probably scored too early. <laughs> <laughs> it's because. A, you know, I just hate it when people just said, I know, right? For me, Clive. But 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 I was just like the problem was because if you look at the if you look at how England have played this tournament so far or how Southgate has managed it, I think he expected this to be a little bit more like the Germany game, where it was like keep it really tight and it's probably going to be nil nil until like an hour or so, and then we start to slowly incrementally like ramp it up a bit. Yeah. Whereas this time it gave them something to protect. And after that 20, 25, 30 minute mark, because that 10 minutes from 20 to 30 was kind of a bit blurry for me. Yeah. Not because of the Guinness. Mm-hmm. After that, it kind of felt like England stopped playing football. It went like it went, it went very much like protect mode mm-hmm. as opposed to actually right. all of the options that we've had there on the bench mm. who, were, who were ball carriers or ball players, I think... <laughs> would have changed the rem- momentum of the game in a sense of, the momentum was so clearly with Italy mm. for such a long time. Yeah. And they controlled the game, did, basically, yeah. overall. Like, I think that if, if, I think we saw it with Spain against Italy, they basically did to England what Spain did to Italy. And I think that if Southgate could have a do-over, I think he would probably make a change before the goal, the Italy goal. Because I think when they had so much of the ball at that point, when you know that there's more of a threat, mm. when you lose it, in terms of like directness, if Saka was already on the pitch, for example, mm-hmm. or maybe some, maybe a Grealish, mm. it makes each possession just that little bit riskier. I just started to get the, the vibes of Croatia in the semi-final. Yes. Mm. When you look at the players that we have got who can keep the ball and pass the ball and give you time to, to get at Italy as well, because that's what Spain were able to do. As much as they didn't have the focal point till Morata came on, Spain are able to get the ball, keep it, pass it around, da 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 maybe hurt them, they get it and they get it back. And Italy just, we didn't do that. We literally just mm. kept giving them the ball back. And like, it felt like when we played against Croatia, when Rakitic and, and Modric just took over. At a party. 
Yeah, literally just had a problem because you almost, again, I have to use the same analogies I used before. It's when you've got a knockout puncher that gives you his best shot and then you think, I took that. It's like Italy mm. just all of a sudden just said, well, I think that's, be- that's basically it. I Can think I that's say it. this? Yeah. Actually, I want to throw this in as well. What worried me about the first half was that I felt that Declan Rice was maybe our best player. Oh God, he was, man. I mean, mm. what, that worries me because I shouldn't, when we're playing at our best, I shouldn't really notice Declan Rice. Right. If you think about it. And I was like, right. this man was working overtime. He was yeah. dropping into like left side. He was out yeah. on the left flank. His, yeah. I mean, his heat map, he was everywhere. He went off, must've been burnout. Like you've got a defensive midfield too. He was being stretched all over the place yeah. through extra work. He was oh carrying. And I just thought to myself, you know, it was extremely impressive from him, but I was like, your defense midfielder in a two should not be tied out with a back five. It shouldn't happen like that. Mm-hmm. And you're to me, so the extra work he was doing, and I, I, I can't second guess who Southgate should have brought on. Mm. But looking at the game as it evolved, you know, I certainly felt at the hour mark, an introdu- I, I would say at the time, an introduction, they should have introduced mm. someone at the, half hour, at the hour mark with half an hour to go. Yeah, yeah that's and, Gary, you know, Gary we, we Neville did, was saying that and Emma Hayes was saying the same thing. There you go, Musa. <laughs> you, you and Emma Hayes, you same know, brain. Honestly. He's made it, everyone. He's made <laughs> it's it. True. It's good time it's for true. the holidays. Yeah, I mean, that's why I, I felt the half hour mark. It's a traditional thing. It's not like, I mean, I'm not saying anything like, you know, groundbreaking here because that's what you see a lot in the Champions League games. But I mm. just thought that they needed a different kind of problem Italy. Could have even been like someone like Jude Bellingham. A different, a different, someone to combine anything. with the midfield three, but a different kind of problem. One change or two where they're like, oh, hang on a minute our passing rhythm has been thrown off because we don't know what's coming. Like look at Barella. Barella had so yeah, much trouble someone, yeah. getting to Busquets. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing with Busquets was like, you know what? Busquets was like, he was the queen bee for Spain. And it obviously right. like Barella was like, attack the queen. But he couldn't <laughs> get to the queen. He couldn't get there because Coco and Pedro were there. And I feel like you needed like, they needed to protect their queen bee. And that, that, was, that, was, a, that was Rice in this game. And I felt like, you know, I loved what Phillips did, but I felt like Rice was, you can't get him tired. Mm. You can't mm. walk around him. And the moment mm. he got tired, I mean, mm. Italy started to just like, yeah. I they, had they, their, they had their yeah. way. And I, I honestly, to be honest with you, I, I still, I will hold to this. I thought England were very impressive first 20 minutes. I thought they could have had a second actually. We needed it. Yeah. I just feel that when you score that early, you should almost put it down to a, a free hit. Still nil-nil. Yes. And, st- and do mm-hmm. what you're, still, still attack like it's, it's, it's nil-nil. Yeah. Because it's so early even though you want to do something in the first 10 minutes, you know, if you get it in the first two minutes, I think that does something to you mentally as well. It does something to you mentally. Then when you keep going and then, you know, Italy just slowly just saw the way they just kind of like, they just kind of got the game going and you could feel that when they started playing, we became a bit passive. I love the way, I love the way they, they kind of like, how can I manhandled Raheem Sterling? You know, the, the little fouls, arguing him and Benucci and them not telling him to get up and really getting in his face mm. kind of stuff. I thought they had done that pretty well because there was moments when he got on the ball, he looked electrifying. Yes. But it wasn't, it wasn't enough. It wasn't, it wasn't often enough. They ask a lot of him though, Ian, though. I have they to say do. this. Let me just throw this. Do. I mean, this is the thing. I think there's a, there's a two issues that went on. There's a tactical issue. Yes. I think there was a lack of a midfield, but we, we had players on the bench that could have done that. I don't think we were short of players that could have done that. But I also think they had different interpretations of courage, actually. I think when Saka talked about courage and it's like going into the final third and being aggressive, I think mm. Southgate meant more primarily resilience, actually. If you look at everything, you know, I think he meant like resilience and then 
we're almost like going to sort of hunker down and then every now and again, we're going to make like a raid into their final third at like light speed. Because how was, the, how was the raid going to happen? Moose? Because it was going what? to be someone like, it was going to be like someone like a Sterling it was meant, he was, there was, there's so much, this is the thing I can't emphasize enough. There was so much emphasis and pressure on Sterling because Mount's brilliant, but Mount is not like beat two, three players in the dribble. That's not his primary thing. He can beat men, but it's not his primary thing. So you have Sterling there and you have, you know, Kane, who's dropping deep. Kane is not, look, he's not Batistuta. He's not George Weah. He's not got that explosive no. turn of speed where he can occupy an entire front line, entire back four by himself, right? So you're already like, Italy are looking going, who's going to be the runner? Mm. Who's going to be the person that beats two men? Oh, it's going to be Sterling. Sterling. So you can just crowd him. It's like, I said this a thousand times. It's like when Liverpool realised that Anti Martial was the only player in that team, the United team, that was actually going to run at them. They just put three men on, they put three men on him mm. and it was good night. Crowd him out. Mm. That, was, that makes sense. And so you, it does, yeah. When, because when even, you look with at Saka, that, even with Saka, when he came up, they, they crowded him. You know, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. Didn't, he didn't look like, he didn't have his best game, I don't think, when he came on, but he still just provides you with a threat that they would have seen through the tournament that would have like, I mean, you saw how Chiellini just yanked yeah, him just back. just yanked him back. Bam. Because that, and that is, that is something that like, they would have, they would have been fearful of yeah. that pace, you know? Can I and say this as well? Kind of like ability yeah. to carry the ball like long distances. See how Mancini did a very brave thing. He took off Insigne. Mm. Mm. He took off Insigne. Now, there was no universe in which Southgate was going to take off Sterling. I'm not saying that he should. I'm saying that actually two changes, for example, at the half hour mark, let's say Bellingham and Saka, bang, all of a sudden, I mean, it might have made it shapeless, but, or a Calvert-Lewin or something like that, but like maybe a Calvert-Lewin might've worked. But I just think in the end, Southgate was one gamble short. And we've seen it time and again in, in huge tournaments, right? In big tournaments. If you look back at all the tournaments that coaches win and Roberto Mancini's an elite coach, there is one moment you're like, that person's taking a gamble. Right. Because Mancini knew the moment he took off Insigne, he put on, he brought in Bellotti and Bernadeschi mm -hmm. over Benedeschi. time, right? Yeah. Now, those are not players that link as well as Insigne. They're not really as good. They're kind of like, Bernadeschi is a good finisher, but it's someone who can kind of like, he doesn't to me primarily orchestrate the play. So it's, it's a bold thing that he did. And like, you look at Joachim Love in the 2014 World Cup, everyone does something Every coach has got like a defining moment in a semi-final or final. They make one tactical choice and you're like, that's the choice. That's the tweak. That's the adjustment that did it. And Southgate was one. And it's, it's such small margin at this level, Ian, but it's like, mm. he was one adjustment short, I think. I agree. Mm. We've obviously spent quite, quite a bit of time on the England stuff and maybe mm. we'll come to the penalties in a sec, but mm. it's worth really highlighting how unfazed Italy were by the whole thing. Yes. Yes. Amazing. They could have been playing in a car park. I don't think there's actually a side in the tournament that is better equipped or probably would wanted to would have would have thrived in that kind of yeah, environment as yeah. much as Italy actually. Did you see these guys have been there and done it before. Even like, Chiellini's face when they were booing the national anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even his face. You just think to yourself, you're, you're, you're you doing care. it to the wrong. Like, you're doing it, it to the actually, wrong team. This is the wrong this team. Is, this is probably better for them. Absolutely. Than maybe not being in Rome because Rome has been so special for them throughout the tournament. I love the way I they've think. taken the song. It's coming Rome. It's coming Rome. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've, they've really, because all that fuels Italy. Yeah. All that booing the national anthem, the fact that, yes, okay, we played, we played all our games here is our advantage and stuff like that. But the fact is, we kind of played into their hands a bit. Yes, we attacked them and they, they would have been very surprised with two, scoring after two minutes. But mm. their reaction... I thought Jorginho was, again, he was fantastic. Yeah, he was good. But then it comes down to, again, Benucci and Chiellini, because there was a pass, I remember there was a pass where we broke and Sterling, 
remember it came from the right. It might have been Mount. Mount, Mount played it in. Yeah, Mount he played it in. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was the one. And that was the one. I, I believe that um, he, he, he's desperate to get onto his right foot. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's trying to square it or what, but for me, my, my natural instinct with that is as soon as Mount gets that, because you know that they're, f- they're going to fly, I'm just getting that onto my left foot and just hitting it across the goal. He didn't even get into a situation where he, he could get the cross, the, the, the crossing because Chiellini was Shut just there. Yeah. And, and even the goal, right, Moose, I didn't get time to analyse it yesterday, but when you watch that goal, I can see it right now, the, the, the area where they've put that ball into, guys, is the f- most fucking dangerous area on on from a court from a corner point of view. Do you know what it, it is? What? It's the void at the end it's, of the timeline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one, no one wants to go there. No one. Yeah, no and one. the thing no is, one wants you to go have there. to have a defender standing in that space because the, the trajectory of that ball, your your first man heads that away. Italy mm. left that space purposely. So as when they attacked it, they attacked it. Then the ball went around, went, went around the back, but it's the way that Bonucci as a central defender, not a forward, obviously his, his experience just took him there. He literally turned because Declan Rice had him. He was almost holding him. Then he turned, Declan Rice let him go. He turned and just got dragged towards the goalkeeper. It, yeah. was, it, was, the, it was the instincts of a striker. Super. And then it was a tap in. Do you know what I think happened with us? I think we got so far with plan A that we forgot what plan B was. I think we were in sight of victory. I think we're literally like, it's like doing the marathon where you're entering the stadium and you look over your shoulder, there's no one there. And you're like, you're hearing the crowd in the stadium yeah. and you ease, you know that the marathon is, yeah. it finishes and you're easing up because you can hear everyone chanting your name and you look over your right shoulder and the person's just it's burned just you. Right. And they've it's got just, so yeah. much speed on you. You know that closing sprint? Yeah. Once you get overtaken in the marathon, the closing you're sprint, you back, can't yeah. come back. And it felt like that. It felt like that. And I think that's because England had been playing a certain way for so long in the game that when the goal comes, it's really hard to switch back out of that into I, attack mode I agree. Again. I agree. I think it's been hard to criticise Southgate retrospectively throughout the tournament because every single kind of decision he's made has been pretty much yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah. He earned that right. Like we said, he like we right. said, like we said about the, the Scotland game, it was like the only one, but even then he knew that, that was, they just couldn't lose that game. And they were probably going to top the group anyway. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with how England played the game. What do you mean? But what do you, what, in terms of in, in terms of like how like going a goal ahead and then yeah. kind of just con- gradually just conceding, conceding more conceding and more and more. more. Yes, yeah. yes, we fucking. I did. don't agree with that, but I kind of get it because you are so close, and England have been so good all tournament, right? Of kind of manage trying to control games, but the thing is, it was clear that they couldn't do it this time. And that's why I think having one or two extra ball players in there, yeah. which they had anyway, yeah. but I think just to freshen it up a little bit and to change a little bit of mentality, I think would have been quite a good look. Brian said this earlier, like we were having a chat before and he said, the turning point, Benucci's yellow. Benucci gets a yellow at 55. Mm-hmm. Then he gets his scores at 67. Mm-hmm. We were saying before the sub should have come at 60. Imagine that you make a sub at 60, five minutes after Benucci gets a yellow, right? Now that's mm-hmm. not part of the master. I don't care what any Italian defender says. It is not a master plan mm-hmm. to get a yellow card, one of your centre-backs with 35 minutes to go. That no. is not the in the game. Thing I, the first thing I would have done, especially in that, that scenario, is yeah. if he knew he was going to bring Sancho on, I would have brought Sancho on instead of Saka as soon as Benucci gets booked. To run at him. Because Sancho... He can just twist he'll, people he'll up. Commit you. Those yeah. two would not have wanted him going at him. Like I said, you saw how Chiellini handled Saka on the right-hand yeah. side. Yeah. 
That was his worst nightmare there. Especially because he brought them on because he knew they were going to go to penalties. So obviously they're a bit more game ready there. I think bringing, bringing two players on right at the end of extra time and they're in the, and, the top five to take a penalty. Yeah. To kick the ball once. I think it's, I think yeah, it's it like, you know, they haven't felt, really... I was watching the T, uh, the TIFO live stream. Mm. Shouts to TIFO boys. They've done an amazing job this, yeah, this yeah. Euros. Yes, yes. But Seb said something really good. Seb Stafford Bloor, he was just like, you know, they probably hadn't kicked a ball for like two hours unless they did it in at halftime. It was a strange one. You could do that yeah. with a goalkeeper. I don't think you can do... You, you, with a striker, it's, it's a different... No. It's different. But I mean, should we talk about the penalties? We have to. We I think Donnarumma yeah. has done amazingly well anyway because he's this guy is was he player of the tournament yeah this a, yeah this guy's a unit you know he's big and the fact that the fact that um, they've managed I think Nicky Bandini tweeted something really good about how they've managed to replace Buffon mm. or find a successor to that's Buffon what, that's so what what's quickly. his name said that's what Chiellini said as well wasn't it yeah, yeah he says yeah. I can't believe I've played with Buffon and now I'm playing with this guy it's unreal it's unreal how good he is yeah but Pickford's save for Jorginho oh. I think is going to get lost in all of this that is it was supernatural amazing unbelievable like it was amazing. And that, that's, that save was so huge in the context of the game because yeah. Jorginho's there to win it. Yeah. <clears throat> Unbelievable. The thing, that's the thing. If Saka has scored, Italy still have to score. Like, that's mm. the thing. That's how pivotal Pickford's save was. That's how close was. it was. Yeah. That's how yeah, close it was. And Pickford I, was locked in all game. Shout out to Pickford all tournament, actually. Yes, he was brilliant no, all tournament. Yes. And he, he, listen, made he, he elevated game, to a level. Yes. Pickford now adding the consistency. Mm, and I mean, now, you know, his whole thing was meant to be like in an English Victor Valdez, right? Mm. He has ascended to that level now. His, frankly, his save that almost stopped the oh, first goal. Yeah. Was, yeah. That was the brilliant. Save, yeah. It was yeah. amazing. He read a Jorginho penalty and palmed it onto the I, post. I, and the thing is, I've done a, an analysis on the Jorginho penalty and the one he took against Spain, um, where the goalkeeper just went on his knees. He, he went early. And I'm saying, mm. this penalty is almost impossible to save. It's a cheat code. Because, yeah, it is. Because when he jumps in the air, the goalkeeper has to do something. But what he's done on this instance is Jordan Pickford has obviously waited till the fucking last mm. knockings, the very last. And mm. for him to actually save it, touch it onto the pot, I thought to myself, oh my God, we're going to win. It's unreal. But then you see, you see he's walking up. He's walking up. And again, it has to come down to Donnarumma. Um, you're a forward. He's just come off the bench. Again, you haven't kicked a ball in I don't know how long, a couple of hours since the since the since the, uh, the warm up, and you're walking from the halfway line, and from, from obviously from the halfway line, you can't see the six foot five Donnarumma's full fucking body yet. You get to that ball and he stands in the goal. You know you have to put that somewhere where he can't reach it because if it's not like we saw with the Saka penalty, and we saw with the Sancho penalty, if you put it on the same on, on his side. And it's at that height, he will save it. He's too big. That was Rashford's mm -hmm. problem, wasn't it? Rashford was basically trying to empty the goal. He tried to empty the goal, but what he'd done was, it's like, it's like the golfer. You know what I mean? He spends so much time on the line, he forgets the pace. Obviously, Italy mm. won the game on penalties, won the tournament on penalties. Mm. Um, I think before we move on to the rest of the stuff, I think let's just, again, Roberto Mancini deserves such yeah. an incredible amount of praise for what mm. he's done over the last God two years as a Italy coach. Yeah. Well, they're unbeaten in 34 now, 34, three years. Yeah. That journey, man, they deserve that. Incredible. There's an amazing piece that James Horncastle wrote for The Athletic about the backstory and even little things like before the first game, Viali was late for the bus and then they made that a superstition for every game. So, so he had they to were be driving late. away they'd stop again and Viali would be running behind the bus <laughs> every game. It's amazing, isn't it? And just how he was completely wanting to just like blow the whole philosophy apart and like rebuild it. 
in a sense, there's quite a good time for someone like Mancini, who's notoriously like hard work yeah. to take over Italy because you're like, this is Italy. You've not qualified for a World Cup. Yeah. And the complete rebuild that they've done to win the next tournament on. It's phenomenal. But I think if you look at what's happened with Serie A over the last few years and how exciting Serie A has become, and now you look at this national side who has just completely put to bed that old school, traditional mm. Italian reputation while still keeping the grit. Mm. Yeah. It's quite special, actually, what he's done there. Yeah, very much so. I feel like this Italy team reminded me of the 2006 World Cup winning team. Uh, and I would compare it, I think I compared it before to that semi-final game, the nil-nil against Germany. They're going like end-to-end. Mm. And when Italy want to be dynamic, they can be unbelievable. And the same in the final again. You look what Italy did in the final. It's actually similar. France get the, in the 2006 final, similar to England. France get an unexpected early goal. And then mm. actually kind of really back off. And the only players that really go for it in that final, I think Malouda goes for it after the goal, Henri goes for it and Zidane. Mm. But basically the rest of the France team were kind of passive and almost waiting for, almost waiting for full time. It's very mm. strange. So then when Matarazzi equalizes, France don't have a plan B. And mm. the parallels between that France team and this England team in terms of the approach and the gradual takeover of Italy, they're, they're uncanny. They're, they're spookily similar. Mm. And then, you know, you know Obviously, it was Pirlo then and Jorginho now. Pirlo taking control of that midfield yeah. in 06 and Jorginho taking control. And you just see Italy w- kind of winning what I call the arm wrestle. You see it in so many major finals. You saw it in the 2013 Champions League final, Dortmund-Bayern, where you just see Dortmund leap out and then Bayern are like, nah, we're, mm. we're having this. We're, we're taking this. So yeah, it was, um, but credit to Italy, like they... They stuck to the plan. And we said this before, Ryan, didn't you? Like Southgate, what got them so far, got to the final, was sticking the to the plan. Yeah. And I said this in a ringer piece, you know, know thyself, yeah. know who you are. Mm. You know, you, look, the fact that you can lose Spinazzola, who was maybe the player of the tournament, who I don't think mentioned him so far, really. Mm. We, he, they lose Spinazzola and everyone was like, well, they're going to struggle now. Emerson, Emerson comes job. in. Yeah. He does look, you know, the guy Nail, Emerson comes the in, side, bro. nails it. Yeah, th- that guy's going to be a lot of radars now. Because mm. there's not, listen, there's not an excess of outstanding left-sided mm. players, left wing backs. There really isn't. Um, yeah, like everyone came in and just executed to such a yeah. high level. Mm. Everyone can go away and say, mm. we contributed to this. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I, th- I think in terms of, let's maybe pivot to England because obviously we are three English dudes. Mm-hmm. But I think... So what I was saying to Musa before, I think it was half time or, or, or whatever it might have been before the game, but I found myself kind of getting through the day and thinking, I'm, I kept seeing tweets about nerves and stuff like that. And I, I remember thinking like, I've not actually been nervous. I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous at all, actually. I'm like very, very calm. And I think, mm. I think to me, this might sound a little bit wide eyed or you know, of course you want to win tournaments, but these guys are kind of already won for me. You know, it's the first England men's side I've seen get to a final in my mm. lifetime. It's the first England men's side that's got to a final major tournament in 55 years. Mm. This isn't something that we're used to. Everything these guys have done, knowing that they were going to come in for criticism by taking the knee and sticking to it before the yes. tournament, by like yeah. donating their prize money to the NHS, by like yeah. the captain wearing a rainbow armband, by like yeah. the captain of a club who has won the Premier League and the Champions League in the last three years, coming on with rainbow laces, mm. you know, speaking to non-binary fans, like making sh- really inclusive, like even to the point of like Marcus Rashford and Jude Bellingham 
posting support messages to a teenage tennis player. This is a different England squad. This is a different group of players. They're so special. And what they have done this tournament has been an example. Senior politicians went after these people and they backtracked as soon as they got a whiff of success because they knew how powerful they were. Start coming to eat off the top, yeah. And that's the thing with these people who stoked the flames that allowed the aftermath of what happened on the penalty shootouts. Like, they need mm. to fucking go away and really look at themselves. Yeah. Like these are young lads and we need to protect them. I'm not joking. You wake up this morning and even last night, when, when those guys, right, when Sancho, when Marcus Rashford and when Sacco going up, in all of those guys when I was going up, I was just praying, please, please don't miss. Not for any other reason other than I know what's going to happen mm. if they miss. Yeah. Um, and when it all happened, Obviously, it was devastating. It's devastating to lose um, because I know what it means to all of them to get to, you know, the semi-final of the, the World Cup and then to the finals. Massive progress. And like everything you said there, Ryan, in the way they represent this country, their values, you know what I mean? Um, their commitment to what they believe, regardless of whether, like, people booing them. How, what, what did we honestly expect when people are still booing those guys are taking the knee. Yeah, what did yeah. we honestly expect once we lost? You know, when you look at our England side and how our England, re- England side represent us across the world, it's something that we should be proud of. But when you look at the fans that we've got that can send this kind of abuse to, to young kids, to, 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 to boys really, in the, is, you, you think to yourself, it's such a disconnect in respects of where we are as a, as a country to where we are as a, as a football team, how we are so representative around the world in what we look like. They don't deserve that when you can't. So what happens if, if Saka scores, if Sancho scores, and if, if um, Marcus Rashford scores, he's even his bloody, his mural got defaced. You think to yourself, really? In his own area? And you think to yourself, so what we do, we masking those people. So those people are going to be happy for them now until the next incident. Don't I don't think. I don't, can I be on? Yeah, is that, can I be honest? I don't think we deserve. We don't deserve this team. No, we don't. Absolutely, Miss. We, we don't. don't, des- we we don't, don't. deserve this. We don't deserve this, this manager. Team. This team. Yeah. We don't deserve. We don't deserve them. this team as a country. And I will tell you why. Because if people are racist as a vocal minority, they love that vocal minority, small minority, whatever. First of all, it's not that small. It's a pretty big minority. Massive. Now, it, people operating from a place of shame. We know that shame exists because if shame didn't exist, then the tabloid papers would have come out and destroyed those three young men, but they didn't. There's an element of shame there in reserve, right? Mm. And Pretty Patel and Boris Johnson, they don't care about being enabling racism. They don't care about it. They do care about it looking bad. They do care about that. They do mind about that. They mind about looking like uh, conspicuous bullies because they mm. know that ultimately these three men are beloved. So how much can they get away with? But they were very, very happy to bully Rashford for yes. a very long time. Yeah. Marcus Rashford, they've been going at this man's neck for how long? For how long? And effectively, the comments from these people, from prominent commentators and politicians, were effectively shut up and dance. Mm-hmm. They were telling these black boys to shut up and dance like minstrels, and it was disgusting. And the reason I say we don't deserve them is because in a society, in a mature, stable democracy, people like this do not feel emboldened to go mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and send insults at this scale. And some can say, oh, it's social media. Listen, social media companies are accountable, but that mm. is coming from human beings regardless. And in the build up to the build up to it, I have to say, God knows what those scenes were like for women watching those spaces. Mm. 
those men mm. running around like London, it was not like, listen, it was not lighthearted stuff. It's not lighthearted banter. If you're like a woman, if you're a smaller woman, if you're a person of color, like seeing those scenes, mm. that is an aggressive thing. It's the kind of thing we tried to phase out, right? Breaking into the stadium to steal seats. Mm. Listen, there is a, we have a real problem in England. A huge problem is this. We do not seem, a large percentage of us do not seem, Ian, to be able to enjoy our national identity without trying to dominate others. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, wow, like, you know, the, the, the Danish team, you've got all those, you've got Vestergaard yes. is brilliant. Yes. Yes. Hoiberg is brilliant. Enjoy your own players, Brathwaite, enjoy your own players. This England team, a very strange thing happened, Ryan. I said, I meant, said this before, like, in the 48 hours before the final, we went from a celebration of these individuals, Mount, Sterling, Grealish, they're so cool, they're so fun. Bellingham, they're so fun. Saka, mm. it transformed in those 48 hours into yes. something else. You could feel it change, didn't it, Ian? It was like, yes, it all was. of a sudden, it was like, even, oh, at a lo- even at a low level, the xenophobia towards the Italians, and it was there, and it was persistent. Yes. Even when people were like, you know, banter, you know the thing about banter, right? You're making fun of someone you don't really know, and they're like, oh, no, I'd rather not. And then like, you keep doing it. Yes, that's Because you know it's true. Yes. Like, that's, that's the bullying. That and yeah. This England team is basically the most successful anti-bullying initiative we've ever seen in modern English sport. Because it's an anti-bullying initiative. It's basically going, we're taking the On the biggest people. level, I think. Yeah, we're supporting, yeah, on the biggest level in that sense. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. But in terms of the biggest level, like we're anti-homophobia, we're anti-racism mm-hmm. and all that loathing because all those fans, let's be honest, Ian, they were resentful. Mm-hmm. They were resentful that their heroes were going to be black. Wow. They were resentful. But Moose, don't you remember, Moose? I said to you. You said I it. I said to you, I, I think I said it on our podcast about... I'm so interested to see if we go all the way and Raheem Sterling is the person that is the main, the main player from yep. England, the main guy, a black guy being the main man for England to make England win a, a tournament, a major tournament. I can't wait to see how that would have transpired. I know exactly how that would have transpired. It wouldn't have happened. No. I saw a, a brilliant tweet from a Victor- Victoria Buckley. I don't know. I just, I just, it just came up when he was looking at some game through and she said, disgusted, booing the national anthems, racism and thuggery. We showed it all at the start of that game. This is how our country is seen across the world. And we've got a football team on the pitch with those values. Mm. You know what I mean? Those values. and, and, And that's how we're seen across the world. Breaking news. Harry Kane has just posted a tweet. Oh, really? Yeah, Harry Kane. What is it? What's it saying? Harry Kane said, so bear in mind, this is the England captain, right? He says, three lads who were brilliant all summer had the courage to step up and take a penalty when the stakes were high. They deserve support and backing, not the vile racist abuse they've had since last night. If you abuse anyone on social media, you're not an England fan and we don't want you. Wow. Wow. That's big. That's massive. That's there big, you, you know. That's exactly what you need. If, there, if anyone who's prepared to turn on a team like that in that way isn't an England fan. No But the way. thing is, they no are. Way. That's the thing. There is a proportion of the fan base that is like that. When Saka missed the penalty, mm. I turned to Musa and we, we just looked at each other and we just mm. went, oh no. Yeah, And that was the only time I, re- that was what I was upset about. I wasn't upset about losing the final because it's a final, a major tournament. And yeah, obviously it stung because you want your team to succeed. But for the reasons that we've explained before, I was so proud of them anyway, getting there. It's like I said, they'd already kind yeah. of won for yes. me. Yeah. But the thing that really saddened me was that there is quite a cultural thing in England of during moments that should be joyful, you couldn't be cool. Yes. Mm, yes. And I looked at this squad. I looked at everything it represented. They managed to achieve something that no men's England squad has done for 55 years. Mm. And they managed to do it whilst doing all of the other shit. Yes. They're amazing. 
I'm so proud of them, every single one of them. And the fact that they got that far and lost on penalty kicks mm. to one of the best teams in the tournament. Yeah. And this is what they fucking get. Yeah. It's disgusting. That's, I'm it's disgusting. You, that's, that is why as English fans, we don't deserve a side like that. No, we, don't. we don't. We don't. We don't. I think they'll be okay. They will be okay. They're going to go deep in other tournaments. And all I hope is that when they do, racist abuse doesn't go up or domestic violence cases don't spike around right. England games. Right. Like, what are we doing? They have done something monumental, this team. Yeah, yeah. And you could see, because people at the very top were running scared of what, how, how, of what they were about to achieve. I think a win would have punched through. I think that there would think- have been this back. Yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think there would have... I think that it would have been like, look at Bill Russell at the Boston Celtics. Mm. That's the example I use with it. Bill Russell, Boston Celtics, won a lot of titles for fans who didn't fully give him credit, was estranged from them and never fully connected with them. But look now, the MVP trophy of the NBA Finals is named after Bill Russell. And Bill Russell is basically like, he's like the Yoda of basketball. Everyone goes and like, to be blessed by Bill Russell is more important than any. Mm. Bill Russell calling up and going, I like your style. And like, he won. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he won. Mm. This is the thing, like, if you look at the challenge, anti-racism challenge that Sterling was fighting and this team is fighting, it's a generational thing. We're not going to change it this time. We've still got Windrush happening in Grenfell, which mm-hmm. is why I believe in the long run, we would have lost this round because those xenophobes would have had their parties. But I think yeah. in the long run, and I still believe in the long run, people will remember what this team stands for and stood for. Yeah. And I they say that because that. Yeah, they can't diminish that. people remember the 96, the year of 1916. Mm. We got to the actual final. People, people, the Czech Republic, like they didn't exist. Poor Czech Republic, like they didn't exist. Mm, yeah. We got to the semis. We got to the final with a team like this, who are beloved. Like, I, I, this, is, this is the younger generation's year 96, but with added activism. Mm, this is why yes. I believe in the long run they're going to win. This is why I'm confident, like, regardless of the trophy or not, because that 96 win, how much did Gaza win? Never won a European Cup. No. Never won a Serie A title. Is Gaza mm. beloved? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Alan Shearer, one Premier League title, amazing striker. Is he oh, beloved? Yes. Children's yes. 60 goals, but not just that because he played like a nine and people are going to remember how these people played and that goes beyond trophies. This is why I'm still excited and this is why I'm I still optimistic. So. Yeah, I yeah. hope so. Really I've spoken, I've so. spoken. Listen, it's my podcast. You're bringing it in. The word. The official, the word. The official Stadio Comunicado Officiales. Boys, we are so fucking proud of you. Yeah. Well done. Yes. Well yes. done. Well done, boys. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, from some nice, wholesome content to some very not wholesome content, the well. Copa America final. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know, so, right, oh did you put it, God. you put it in, the, did you put it in the group about the targeting Neymar here? I think I was talking to you. I think we was, if it might, might have been me and you. Yeah. But can I just say, watching Neymar in instances, like when he does some stuff, it's literally, he's, He's he's fucking unbelievable. He started man. he started it off early though when he did that like 
chest and volley over someone's head and like just inside and I was just like Neymar's done if Neymar comes Neymar's, out of this alive Neymar's I would be very, very surprised and you know what Nicholas is Otamendi I love Otam- you know that Otamendi is somebody that's going to have a, a fight or an altercation with someone <laughs> we need to talk about Rodrigo yes. de Paul yes right man of the match performance in the Copa America final got the assist for Di Maria's mm. goal. Until he signed for Atleti, mm. Rodrigo de Paul was the most Atleti player not playing at Atleti. Is <laughs> the energy that he brought. You know, there's a thing that Sam Paoli said when um, Argentina went to play against France in 2018 World Cup. It's my favourite football coach quote from prior to the game. He said, we're going to go out and play with a knife between our teeth. That's like from some dust till dawn. That's when you are leaning fully into supervillain territory. Isn't that Tarzan putting it in his mouth and then diving into the sea or something? It's that's, that kind I of get, energy. It's that kind of Poseidon. Yeah, it's like you're I hunting the god that. of the sea. The knife in the mouth. A knife between our teeth. That is so deep. The image. And <laughs> Argentina came out. DePaul was like, I'm going to go to war for, Mar- for, for Messi. Maradona. You're going to war for Messi. And they did it. Like they, yeah. What I love is the energy, the energy that DePaul and Emmy Martinez brought in. The fearlessness. You know, this is the thing. Messi for years has had bad luck with his supporting cast. Mm. Um, and what I love about it is that this time, you know, 20, 2014, full respect to them. They, they, had, they were fearless, a lot of them. Mm. They didn't have the extra level. But when he had, listen, Agent Di Maria, mm. the most willing, the, the greatest lieutenant in like modern Argentine football history. You know, your wingman, he's the ultimate, he's goose, you know? And the props and like, that Messi gave him after yes. were amazing. This, this, this man, if, <clears throat> if Di Maria hadn't been out of those three finals, if he hadn't been out of the World Cup 2014 yeah. and the mm. Copa America 15 and 16, conceivably Argentina could have won all three of those. Yeah, I mean, they were That's a whisker away from the one in 2014. Yeah. Like, and he was playing lights out in 2014. Yeah, he was lights great. out. And yeah. that was like, you know, if you, even if you think like Higuain still had that chance in the final, it could have been very yes. different even without Di Maria. It's like, they were yes. so close. Did he have to have an injection on? He was really, really injured and he told a coach he wants to play. In the World Cup 2014, Madrid, I think, intervened and were like, we don't want him playing. Exactly. Wow. And, and like, even his goal, his goal was, was beautifully taken. So good. Yes. But I've got to say with Emmy Martinez, right, that goalkeeper, oh. I remember him wanting to leave us. He said, listen, I, I, I want to leave. I have to leave. I want to be Argentina's number one. Mm. Wow, wow. You know, I want to be Argentina's number one. What's he? He's been at Arsenal since he was like 16. You know what I mean? He's desperate for the number one position. Mikel said, well, Burnt's the number one. He's gone to Villa and he's literally superseded everything. Everyone, I should say. For me, he's easily one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Yeah. amazing. And yeah. you look at him again, like in that game, Jesus, so commanding. Save. Like, oh, I mean, God, I think God. the thing the thing is, is like there have been a amazing. lot of players around Europe this season that have seemed to just pass these tests, like there's these tests I in front of them, it. you know. And like Martinez is another one. I think, like you know, kind of like when Lukaku went to Inter and mm. all of a sudden he started tearing it up, and everyone's just like, "Oh my God, I can't believe United have like let him go." It's just like, yeah, mm. but if you love something, set it free, 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 set it. <laughs> I'm just really glad that he's progressing. Like he's so his much. the last year or so has been amazing, and like so for much. him. It was amazing. But for that whole squad, every single one of them, they knew what this meant. Yes. And it, this wasn't just what their first uh, Copa America in 25 years, 26 years. Since 95, yeah. 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 It was the one that kind of broke that stick that has been so consistently used to like bash. Be, be, be in my guy. opinion, 
the greatest player of all time. What can they say? Yeah. Like it shouldn't, the thing is, it shouldn't even be a thing. Uh, Ronaldo came out and said, mm. I never won the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Cruyff never won a World Cup. Should have mm-hmm. won the 74 World Cup. The fact that this is like, yeah, but he's never done it at international level. It's like, so? Musa said it a million times and he wrote it in this amazing piece that he wrote for The Ring, which I'd recommend people going to read in about angry Messi. But like, his commitment to Argentina has been questioned a lot. But like, yes. who's wrapped up more air miles than this guy really? Like, whilst also trying to like drag his club yeah. just to, to get up there. I mean, he's played a record number of games for Argentina. Messi always shows up. Messi shows up as much as the third string goalkeeper who never plays minutes. Like mm. Messi is in the dressing room as much as the third string keeper. That's wild. If you think of all the things he's got to do in his time, you yes. know, yes. Messi's like, he's like, um, you know, he's like a CEO that works 15 hours a day, but like always picks the kids up and never misses mass. Like he does his, he does his business. Like he does his. He deserved uh, that. What made me angry about this so much was the questioning of Messi's passion. I saw this like, um, when, when they won the shootout against Colombia in the semi-finally and they were like, oh, that's the mess you want to see. That's the passion we yeah. want to see. And I was like, what? This man's scoring a goal every two games. This man dragged you to the World Cup qualif- qualifying round for that hat-trick in the final game with that. I don't know how the hell he scored. They remember that hat-trick? The, yes. And the final you, goal is like this ridiculous, like swirling lob on the run. And I'm I, like, you're telling I, this man doesn't care? I tell you what, what, I got, what really was evident for me is watching him blast out the, the national anthem at the start. And right. remembering in the World Cup, the last World Cup, when he was singing that national anthem and he was just, he was holding his head and he was looking. Do you remember? Do you remember it? When he was like, he looked stressed. He, he, he looked so stressed. It was a, I think it's, it's the same World Cup where we saw Neymar win the game and, and burst into tears. Just the game, mm-hmm. it wasn't even a semi final game. And I'm thinking to myself, watching Messi just like with the national anthem, because this is, if you're playing for your country, the national anthem comes on you're awake because that's the moment. You're just the national anthem, right? He was like pondering and looking and looking bemused and he's perturbed and everything. I was thinking, what is wrong with him? Seeing him sing it the other day, I was thinking to myself, he's in a, such a different place. The Do pressure. You know, I can't even get yeah. into the, I can't even get into the nowhere near the vicinity of pressure what this man must be under. No, I can't, I can't even think of it. I can't even think of what it would be like. I can't think. Because it's out of your control. It's not like being Roger Federer or like Novak Djokovic where it's in your control to win if you're at your peak. You can be at your peak and other people not be at their peak and you, yeah. there's nothing you can do. And this thing, for me, the most iconic moment, the final whistle going and him just falling to his knees after Rodrigo de Paul, like, you know, mm. and was standing and probably the play of the match, but Messi felt his knees and spontaneously burst into tears. You know that everyone just like engulfs him. Because everyone they know. knows. Everyone they, goes, know. Yeah, they know. They know. He has to get that. He has he had to, to get he that. He had to. And you he know, has now achieved as much as Cristiano as, Ronaldo at international level. So, yeah. do you think? Do you think you look at Portugal's team and Cristiano Ronaldo? Obviously, he's a few years older than Messi. And you look at the both teams. If you had to say one of those teams could win the World Cup, which one would it be? I'd no. probably say Argentina. No, I'm not going there. I'm not taking that bait. You have to take that bait, man. That's a massive top. That's so a it's not right, house. So I don't uh, have to uh, take any bait. Yeah, we don't have to answer that here. That's a hot stadio. House stadio. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have to. It's Stadio House. Yeah. Listen, like we, we, said, we said before, you're north of the wall, Liam. We said it before, you're yeah, north man. of the wall. <laughs> exactly. That's the last one. That's the, that's the gunfight. Okay, Corral, that one. I'd love it to be, oh my God, Portugal and Argentina in the final. Oh my God. Of the Qatar World Cup. Oh my God. <laughs> the oh Messi my God. Oh, the spice. And then both, like basically, as soon as the final whistle, like Messi and Ronaldo both just like, poof. Vanish like Jedi. 
They were never there. Messi was projecting himself into the cat. He never actually left Buenos Aires. He's, he's astral projection. Oh man. Um, well, I'm just so hyped for Argentina, man. I'm so hyped yeah. for Messi. And I mean, I'm it was, it was for so him. big because it was like, for him. you know, Brazil losing competitively, competitively in the American art is a big, big, big deal. Mm. Can I say this as well about Argentina going to Qatar? They're dangerous on the road. Yeah. They are very, very dangerous on the road, Argentina. I, I always mix in with their fans, them. you know. Every time I go to a World Cup, I always go in the Argentinian fans. <laughs> vamos, vamos, <laughs> Argentina. What? Do you know what? I think, I, think we've, I think we've got a rap on we've that. Peaked. Because we've peaked. Like, we've, we've given everyone the love for, uh, we've given Italy a lot of love. We've given Argentina a lot of love. Congratulations, yep. Italy fans. Congratulations, yep. Argentina fans. Enjoy it. Right, that's it. We're out. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming in, man. I love you guys, man. I love you too. Oh, I love right. The, the love making my, making, you made my day today. You Aww. made my day. You made my day. Thanks to everyone who's listened to Stadio and Wright's House over the last yeah, year. Thank you guys. Now nearly. So well, Wright's House not quite a year, but we first season oh, done. Yeah. Thanks to everyone who like sends us emails yeah. and messages and tweets and stuff. The comments that we get back, what I read for Stadio and Wright's House, are the kind of comments that really do put a smile on your face. Yeah, they really and do. Make you, you make you can't wait to do the next one. And I can I thank people honestly, wholeheartedly. Thank you so much. And thanks for letting us be part of the house as well, man. No, you know, man, no, nice. The, the like, house you know. is not the house without you. There's always a room in. There's always rooms in the house for you guys. <laughs> listen, there's yeah, always man. room for next to watch on the wall, Ian. There's always listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you want to come down Castle Black anytime? Yeah, listen, yeah, man. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks. So thanks to everyone who's listening this season. We're going to be off for the summer. We're going to be back before the Premier the week leading up to the Premier League season. Uh, don't forget to check all of the Stadio outros on Spotify. You can search for Stadio outros. Check theringer.com forward slash soccer. Uh, we're playing out on this absolute banger from Laron Baker. You're the best. Because you, you are the best. You're the best. You're all the, oh, you two are the shush. best. Look at you two. You two are the best. Oh, no, you're, you're the, the best. best. No, you're right. I am the best. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to add? No, I'm good, man. I'm good. Right. No, I'm good, man. Final words to right. I love you guys. Love you too. Love you too. I'll see you later, everybody. I love you, man. It's a pleasure. Take care, everyone. Have a lovely summer. Thank you.